Welcome back to the Branching Path Podcast. This is episode 11. I am your host, Kyle, joined by my fellow host and friend in no way, John. How are you today, John? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Uh, I won't get into detail because we're not friends, but how are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, I'm, I said that as a pleasantry. I have actually no interest in knowing how you're doing, so thank you very much for understanding that. Um, and I gotcha, am also gotcha. uh, good, and we'll leave it at that. Um, good, I don't care for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for the bit of a delay on this episode uh, to our diehard fans. There was an illness that swept through my body. It was not the big C, uh, but I was pretty sick for a little bit. Um, and then I took up smoking, so you're going to hear me coughing throughout the podcast. That's just my smoker's lungs adjusting to the change <laughs> and the illness. Uh, and then since we started doing the pre-pod talk, John's been coughing as well. I think because he was feeling left out and he wanted to feel like important and like, you know, oh, I don't want people not to worry about me, so he's coughing now too. So just ignore that. He's being a bitch. I've got sympathetic lungs. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. Well said, John. You can have this one then. Um, all right, John, I think you wanted to start with uh, some corrections to our Final Fantasy VII Remake pod from last time. Yep, just a couple. Okay. Um, so last podcast, I talked a little bit about how I think they, how I thought they got the feel of Hojo wrong. Um, I'm going to walk that back because playing the original game again, it's I forgot how much of a dick this guy is. And they revealed that a bit earlier because the Midgar section is so long, you see more of Hojo. But yeah, he's a, he's a huge bag of dicks. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to correct that here. I forgot how involved he was in the goings-on there. It's crazy. He's a bastard. Um I also mentioned somehow I think because of Advent Children and um, Reno and Rude being kind of good guys in there, I got it in my head that they didn't intentionally destroy the Sector Seven pillar. That's definitely not the case. Um, and also, I got that uh, I read that that line wrong in Gongaga where they talk about payback for Sector Seven. What they're talking about is how you kick their ass because you fought them. Ah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, they were definitely aware of what they they did and they've got the blood on their hands there so okay um, i'm gonna walk that one back and also i thought i mentioned advent children taking place in midgar and we talked a little bit about how much of midgar survived it's actually a new city called edge that is on the edge of midgar ah. <laughs> um, and it just looks like midgar i guess so <laughs> what does how uh, that, does advent children square away the ending of the game <clears throat> Does it square away the ending of the game? Yeah, like, does it reckon with the fact that it almost seems like maybe everybody dies? Or it's just... <laughs> oh, uh, shit, honestly, I don't remember too much. Um, I mean, Holy seems to have protected everyone, and the the ambiguous ending of the original just shows that it's overgrown, but we don't get any glimpse into what they did after that. Right, right. which is, by the way, a beautiful artistic choice. Like, So when I when I played it and beat it for the first time ever last year, um, sitting there and experiencing that ending was kind of cool. It was neat that they didn't just say, like, and they live happy ever after, right? It was kind of like, oh, mm -hmm. we don't really know. Maybe Meteor did do crazy destruction, and a lot of the, you know, maybe the humans are totally gone. Maybe most of the humans have died out. That was neat. And then, right. of course, they had to come and, and keep making Final Fantasy VII things, so... Yeah, and there's no indication of how much time has passed since Red would have lived so much longer than our human <laughs> yeah, past, right? Yeah, exactly. It was uh, it was an interesting choice. Yeah, uh, that's it for corrections, though. Just a few things I got wrong there. Cool. I have no corrections because I never make mistakes. Moving on. <laughs> um, 
Actually, right before we jump into what we've been playing, I'm going to quickly, this is a bit of foreshadowing. Um, so I said I got sick, and then I started smoking, and that's why we were a bit late. That's partially part of the reason, but I also started playing Final Fantasy XIV, um, and I've been playing... Shame, I know, shame. I know. And despite... Go back and listen to our Final Fantasy XI-14 podcast, and listen to what I have to say <laughs> about that game there, and then uh, and then come here and watch me just shit all over my integrity. Um, but... I've been playing a lot of that, and that game is actually down for maintenance all day today in preparation for the release of 6.0 with Endwalker, and that's actually the real reason that I'm here today. I would not have bothered to speak to John if I was able to play Final Fantasy XIV, so I just wanted to get that out there. It was weighing on my conscience. Um, okay. Of all, of all the games to throw our, our 20-something years together Our away special bond. <laughs> Um, so I will be talking ad nauseum at some point today about 14 and, and just my thoughts and, and how I've been enjoying it lately. Um, and then John will tell me why that's wrong. Right, rightfully so. And uh, yeah, but for now, let's start with, uh, with what you've been up to, John, because I know you've been playing some oldies but goodies and I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I enjoyed the original FF7 so much when I was playing it alongside Remake that I, I had to finish. I had such a good fucking time with this game. Um, for for actually, I should, again. I should mention I how good it was. For for the record, too, it's seldom that, like, on my Telegram mm. messages with John, I get almost nothing but positivity about a game. And with <laughs> FF7 remake, it would just be like day after day. I'm having a great time. Oh my god, it's so good! Wow, so fun, so fun. <laughs> and then he complained a bit about the weapon fights, but other than that, it, uh, he was very positive on Final Fantasy VII again. I, I had such a fucking good time. Um, like, but I did everything. I, I had every missable. I had um, every limit break, every final weapon. Mm-hmm. I beat the weapons. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time I've ever beat them both on the same fight. That's awesome. Um, like, by the end, I had multiple copies of those really strong materia combos, like uh, added effect plus Hades. And then uh, my, my main party each had a four times cut materia. Oh, damn. It was, it was fucking awesome. I was the monster at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to go through my notes here. A few things I did have issues with. Um, like, the, the notes I take are usually because I have a problem with something. But my overall takeaway was this is still... It still holds up amazingly. The story is still great. And I just I fucking loved it. Um Battle speed initially felt pretty slow to me. If you max it out and you set the ATB to active, it's generally okay. But the the wind up animations of some enemies are just painfully fucking slow. Uh, I can picture some that like like where they'll almost wind up a punch basically before they go and, and do your, their damage, right? Yeah, like some of them, it takes like seven fucking seconds to to get a hit off, <laughs> um, and it's it drags things down so so much. Um, the weapon fights are lame as fuck to me. They're just they're just gimmicks. Um, like, take Emerald Weapon for example. He has this move. I think it's called something like Air Air Tam Stomp or something like that. And it it does one thousand one hundred eleven damage per materia you have equipped. So for each, if each character has two materia, it does two thousand two hundred twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nature of that is that. You are forced to unequip all of the cool shit you spent the entire game building up to. Yeah. Um, like the materia combos I was excited to go into this fight with. And I completely forgot about this mechanic of this guy. Um, so I got my ass kicked the first time. But 
it's just it's fucking lame there's no like materia um what am i trying to say like a a setting where you can equip materia sets so you, at the very least you wouldn't have to painfully re-equip everything after the fight so it's, it's just a big pain in the ass where you're in your menu rearranging things and deciding what to keep you get in the fight and it's easy to cheese too because if you have everybody with two materia and you can keep your hp full you'll activate lucky sevens which is 64 hits of massive damage wait uh, sorry you're guaranteed to activate lucky sevens in that case uh, so if, oh if, if their hp time... is, is 9999 right yeah, if, so uh, I, at that point I was I was maxed out. I had max HP through materia and whatnot. So and when he uses that two move, two materia each. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I, I had great enemy skill materia, so I would keep my HP full with white wind and big guard. And then he uses that move. I activate lucky sevens and I just beat him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it seems like that's what they're going for, I guess, because, um, because of that materia. I guess you you could have more and just react to. Uh, bigger incoming damage. Maybe it could go as high as fucking, I don't know, let him do 7,000 every time he does it. But he when he activates all four of those little eyes, they often get to go four times in a row, right? Yeah. So they do enough damage through Big Guard and all that stuff to kill your dudes. So it seems like they're pushing you towards this gimmicky shit. For, well, it, it's almost like, the, yeah, it's almost like, why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> Knowing that option's right. available. And, and, yeah, exactly. And it's often the most efficient way which is not always the most fun way to play but but that's how we gamers um, do it we, we love to game but by golly if we're not going to do it the fastest most efficient way possible every time yeah the thrill of a <laughs> um so by this point you've probably got a gold chocobo you've probably got knights of the round and mime and all this stuff so it's really easy to get a setup going where you're just gonna cheese ball this thing yeah um and my least favorite is fucking Ruby, though, because I, my least favorite mechanic in this game is, like, party member ejection. Yeah. There are yeah, moves yeah. like that big snake yep. where he can just, it's unblockable. They just pick somebody and kicks them out of the fight, and they're out of the fight for good. It's fucking stupid. That snake, <laughs> so, uh, that snake has that awesome, like, fire attack for the enemy skill materia, too. Um, I'm sure yeah, you felt. Beta. I'm sure, yeah, beta. I'm sure you felt some pain farming that because he'd eject the person with the fucking materia he, he wanted to learn it on. Oh yeah, it was painful. Oh yes. god. Yeah. Um, and then you got to do it multiple times because there's four yep. enemies. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I filled all four of them out. You're fucking insane. <laughs> that's that's good for you. I, I I definitely did when I played it last year. Like I got the gold chocobo, which I'd never done before, so I got knights of the round and everything. Um, I did tons of shit in that game, and I was really happy with my file by the time I was finished. But I definitely didn't like Sweet. max out every single enemy skill materia. I didn't even entertain fighting Emerald or Ruby weapon. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that you, you kind of fucking did it all. Though. That's sweet, even if it was a pain in the ass. Yeah, I just wanted more of the game. Yeah. is what it came down yeah, to. Yeah. Like I was having such a good time, I didn't want it to end. Um, but yeah, Ru Ru if you don't start the fight with two of your party members dead, Ruby will open with that little sand whirlpool thing, and in instantly one of your guys is gone. Right. Um, so the the way you fight Ruby is it's a, it's a lame one-on-one -on -one battle. And he also has a bunch of status effects he can pull off with his, his um, little tentacles there, so you got to protect against that. And um, what was the other thing he's got? Uh, he's susceptible to paralyze himself, I think. So the, the way you end up doing it is you do like w summon and you use hades and you use knights of the round and you just mime that repeatedly and then he goes down 
And you could probably fight him more legit, but it's it would be a more legit lame one-on-one battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just I just wanted to get through it at that point because he's set up in a way where I'm not I'm already not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I think I also had Quadra Magic with Comet Two doing good damage with Red Thirteen because he was I went into the fight with Red. Oh, okay, and, cool. Um, I used that a few times, which is sixteen hits, which is pretty good. So it wasn't difficult. It was just shitty and gimmicky. Yeah, fair um, enough. Um, what what was your like uh, party setup for for most of the game, or did you swap your characters around quite a bit? Uh, I'm gonna get into that a bit actually, because there's a few party members I wanted to use, only to like being older now, just to see how much they kind of suck. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so I ended up actually with Cloud, of course, uh, Yuffie, and Red Thirteen. Cool. Very cool. So let me guess, um, you you soured on Vincent a little bit. Soured on Vincent, soured on Tifa. Oh, soured on uh, Tifa. I, I I used Tifa and rather enjoyed her, but I used Barrett more because he's fucking great. Um, Kate Sith or Ketchy, however you say his name, he can die. Uh, I fucking hate that character yep, still. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, Sid is awesome, but I, I liked Yuffie and Red better, so I just stuck with them. Nice. Um, yeah. So Vincent. I still love him, but his final weapon powers up with enemy kills, yes. so it takes forever to actually get good. Yeah, that was a huge bummer. Uh, and, and losing control with his limit break is just yep, lame. I agree. Yeah, um, I know. I, I actually used him from the moment I got him to when I beat the game when I played it last year, and I, I just like his yeah. design so much and his his whole like setting and where you find him and stuff, so I couldn't help myself. Mm-hmm. I, I weeabooed and just kept him in, but I agree. I, hate, I actually hate his limit breaks, and his final weapon was super disappointing. I'd be fine with his limit break if it didn't take over the um, attack command slot. Mm. So if you have four times cut equi- uh, equipped um, and you get a limit ready for oh, him, right. he's, you're forced to yeah, use it because it yeah, overtakes yeah. that slot. Yeah, And you could equip Deathblow or something, but that's one hit versus four. It's just fucking lame. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, what you'd end up having to do is give him mime and like mime somebody else's four times cut. And it's just like a workaround you shouldn't have to do because <laughs> yeah. limit should just be something. It should else. be just, <laughs> an, or it should be an awesome move that you would want to use anyways. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Tifa, as much as I like Tifa, and I did use her for a while, I two, two things turned me off. And it was her limit is too. There, you, you, it requires a lot of input to get good damage out of it when characters like Yuffie or Red with, um, I can't remember the name of Red's move, but he's got a good like four hitter that does like max damage because his final weapon is so good. Mm. Um, and like Cloud, Cloud, Yuffie, and Red 13, their final weapon conditions are really good. So by the end, I was always hitting 9,999 for every hit. Right. Uh, with the exception of Yuffie's limit, because it has a low damage modifier. But that's I just get to push a button and do the limit. Tifa requires like seven or eight slot machine inputs. Yeah. And if you fuck up, then, you, to... then you fucking hate your life. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to do shit damage anyway, because her final weapon is based on how full your limit gauge is. Um, and if you get high enough to max out your limit where you would do max damage you've just replaced four times cut anyway uh, and now you're <laughs> it's, it's like too much micromanagement to get the most out of her when i could just replace her with you it's also just a kind of crappy incentive for her right like i don't know in my mind for for ff7 the limit breaks are by no means like this mind-blowing mechanical invention but they're very fun and you should mm-hmm. always be excited that your limit gauge filled up 
if you aren't, right. then they've they've fucked something up. Yeah, and as soon as you use it, you've neutered her damage. Again. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a it's a really lame um, little setup. Yeah. There. Fair enough. Her weapon could have used a better um, condition there. I guess um, it is. It should. We should mention though that there's almost no challenge in this game aside from the weapons maybe that require you to be hitting nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage with every hit. Uh, no, um, not at all. And and if you're doing that, you you will absolutely trivialize the last boss. Even for me, and I wasn't hitting nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine every time. I fucking decimated him. So. <laughs> oh yeah, he was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I, I I didn't want again. I didn't want the game to end, so I had all my guys maxed. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Uh, even, yeah, even the characters I didn't use, everybody was. Oh wow! No, holy shit, dude! You fucking went for it. Nice. <laughs> uh, um, that, that's pretty much it, though. It's the weapons were the biggest. I wanted a better end game, yeah, or, or just more fun, challenging stuff to do at the end. But it's it's. I'd it say was the weapons and they weren't great. They do a good job of 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 the end game from like a presentation standpoint. That there are these weapons roaming around the world, and you can go take them on. That's really cool. Oh yeah, and that absolutely. and that the world has had a couple of like you know events that have damaged things, and like you can see scars on the world. That's really cool. So I like how they presented mm-hmm. that a lot. I agree though. To to actually interact with them is kind of crappy. I do like um, I like that you can fly around and just bash your head into, what is it? it's not Bahamut? It's like Ultima weapon. Is that what it is? Uh, In the sky, diamond weapon. I think diamond weapon. Okay, the one that gives you cloud so. sword. Anyways. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I, I like that. I just, yeah, they did a good job at the end, an end game, making it feel like, holy shit, the stakes are high, and and there's these, you know, world destroying creatures out and about now. Yeah, and then you've got the really somber tone of meteor hanging. Yeah, in the sky. absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 good. They creates a they 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 nail the feeling really well. Um, but yeah, I had a fucking blast with it. The story was great, and more than once I had to bug you on Telegram to just talk to, about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> to just say, dude, I'm having so much fun. Um, great fucking time. Yeah, so let that be, uh, we'll just canonize uh, this into the record here. So, <clears throat> quote, Final Fantasy VII, it's good, end quote. Okay, very good. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to say about Original Seven before you talk about some of your other oldies but goodies? Uh, no, I think that's it. Um, I'm going to move on to 8 now. Okay. We're going to be doing this in chronological um, order all the way to 15, so hang in there with us, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I will say something that applies to both 7 and 8 is I do wish offensive magic mattered more. Okay. Um, by, by the end of the game, or shit, from, in FF8 from the beginning of the game because of the way the systems work, physical attacks pretty much outweigh everything. I see. Um, and like with seven, the power of knights of the round, you could consider that as offensive magic, but it's so time consuming. <laughs> as much as I love that, using it more than once is such a pain. Oh man! <laughs> Actually, we didn't talk about that, but some of the fucking summon like animations and little cutscenes that play are just so needlessly long. Like it'd be nice if they gave you the option of a skip. I guess is all right. That would be yeah, nice. Play animation or um, don't. <laughs> I don't remember if there was any config option for that, but I don't think no, so. No, there wasn't. At least not in the original game. Um, so, uh, yeah, just the note I have here is that I wish um, offensive magic felt more necessary. It's less of an issue in 7, I think, because until you're pimped out and you've grinded yourself up like crazy, elemental weaknesses are useful. Like um, early in the game with the scorpion boss and using lightning, that's very handy. Yeah. Um, 
But in, in eight, I'm going to get into it now, but in eight, you're pretty much incentivized to never touch your fucking magic. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, so I, I haven't, I haven't finished eight. The rest of the games I'm going to talk about, I want to make it clear. I haven't finished those. I'm still going through them. Um, oh, you are, are I'm not you sure still? I will finish okay. them. Are but, you still playing eight right now? Yeah, I'm still playing. Okay. Slowly chipping away. Um, I'm about to do the timber mission. Um, uh, cause I, I moved on to cross for a bit, but, uh, and then I'm doing some card grinding and shit. Um, the presentation in eight, it's still fucking great. It looks and sounds awesome. Um, if the retro graphics don't bother you, then this still looks gorgeous to me. Yeah. Um, the use of like, or the early walking cutscene here is pretty good. For example, like uh, early on with Quistis in the hallway, you're just walking and, and you got a little dialogue with her going, I think it works because it's brief. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I think I struggle with this in modern games because reading dialogue is just quicker and uh, I prefer it over listening to it yeah. because it's often shit. <laughs> uh, I, now, I'd like to, I can't think of off the top of my head right now a modern game that does a walking cutscene well, but I, I'd, I'd like to to find one so I could compare. Yeah. Um, if you can think of one. Um Another issue I had here is I'd prefer it if the decisions that they let the player make for Squall, uh, like I prefer it if they gave you more because you can be nice to Selfie, for example, but Squall is always a dick to Zell by default. Mm. So like either settle on a personality for him or just let me decide the whole way. I see. Because um, he's he's the dot 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 whatever machine in this game. Yeah, yeah. Um. And it's another issue in, in Japanese. There were more interesting things he said uh, that might have had the same meaning in the end, but give him more flavor, right? Like, yeah. yeah, stuff like "my bad" or "or sorry," even if it was our sarcastic. So yeah, yeah. Here it's always just dot 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 whatever. Yeah. And there's a great article on Legends of Localization talking about the difference. Cool. Um, Legendsoflocalization.com. Not a sponsor. Um, I love. Not a sponsor. <laughs> I fucking love that roads on the world map are no encounter areas. I am 100% going to steal that someday. Yep. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, the, the big the big exclamation mark, the thing that is so divisive with this game, the, the junctioning and leveling systems here are, are bizarre and not great. Um, I don't mind level scaling. But if you want to make the most of your stats in this game, you have to avoid leveling as much as possible because your guardian forces, your summons, get access to stat boost abilities that when they're equipped, every level you gain with those equipped gets you a permanent uh, plus one boost to those stats. Right. And you're not going to get access to those until around disc three. And even then, to make it work, you're going to have to do one character at a time. So you're going to have to have the other two dead. Oh, wow, really? Um, <laughs> Because there's there's not enough to go around. Oh my god! Um, it's it's fucking and you don't you don't need to. Do of course, this, but of course. I, I read I read a statistic on on game FAQs or whatever that says something like every permanent boost you gain this way saves you like twenty minutes of grinding for the items to make the boost. Oh wow! Um, so it's it's kind of not and you don't again you don't have to be maxed out to beat this game. It's not a particularly hard game, but. I, I don't like that you're punished for engaging with the battle system. Yeah. 
it's just it's it's bad design to me. Yep. Uh, it's it's the biggest turnoff for me because I like to fight in my RPGs. <laughs> um, so, but that's again, you can grind for those items, so it's not a true missable. Um, and I'm not gonna. I could probably get over it and and enjoy it despite that, but it does piss me off. Yeah, fair enough. Is it? But, it's it's triple triad. That's the card game in that one, right? Yeah, that's like the the beloved the beloved card game. Okay, that's the one that's in Final Fantasy fourteen. Cool. Yep, um, it, it is. It is fun, but it's such a central mechanic to this game because all the best shit comes from playing cards. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you can, you can refine one hundred tornado magic before the second boss fight. Oh, before through the through playing fight. cards. Through through playing oh, cards. Okay. Um, and getting the best stuff to refine requires you. Maybe not requires. Uh, there may be draw points for these I'm forgetting about. But um, if I remember correctly, the best weapons are going to require some things you refine from cards. Um, the best junction magic probably requires you to do that because otherwise grinding it would take forever. Um, but yeah, you, you spend a lot of time playing cards if you want to make the most of your characters. Mm. Um, which again, I, I actually don't mind. It's just that replaces battles for me because of this fucking stat thing i can't get my brain over right um uh battles are actually pretty enjoyable overall though like they have a really nice flow to them that's faster than seven which which feels good um i like squall's gunblade mechanic i wish the other party members had similar mechanics yeah like just just uh, the time hit, you mean? yeah it's a shame only he gets that uh desperation attacks i think are awesome because you can strategize a bit around having low HP, so you can get them. What do they? How do they work? Is it just you get a big critical or something? Or uh, so it's it's basically a limit break. But the condition to do oh. it is uh, you have to be in yellow HP, and then there's a small chance that when it's your turn, you'll have a prompt to press right on the D-pad and use their special. Um. So is like Renzo Kukin one of Squall's desperation attacks? Is that what that is? Yeah, so he always uh, has his, his thing is always Renzo Kukin, and then he uses um, something like um, what is it called, Circle Blade or something Divide, rough, rough Divide. Like he has a special attack that he'll use at the end of Renzo Kukin. Okay, you know what's funny, John? You and I both know enough Japanese to know that it would be to not call it that. To be Renzo Kukin, <laughs> right? But because yeah, it just sounds like I fucking I think because of our because of our our German background and something called Rall Kukin. Which is just a fried bread. <laughs> We're like, yeah, Renzo Kukin, like the like the fried bread that we eat sometimes. Yeah, you mean Renzo bread? I love Renzo bread. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, just not that. My Japanese Mennonite mother taught me this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, the, the desperation attacks are cool. I like each um, like Zell's thing is button inputs, like a fighting game almost. Um, which reminds you of me of Sabin from FF6. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good old Sabin. Uh, Quistus has blue magic, which is awesome. Oh, does she? Is that her thing? Yep. Oh, dude, blue magic is like one of the best things Final Fantasy ever did, in my opinion. I just love like learning enemy skills. I always find that... Turning their shit against them just feels Yeah, it just feels awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed in FF7 filling up the enemy skill materia. It's just fun. Um, and they often have access to like some really interesting and cool skills that you don't get otherwise. So, 
It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this sure. is this is a jumping ahead a bit, but it's to me an enormous shame that Blue Mage in Final Fantasy XIV is one of those kind of pared down single player classes. The limited job. Yeah, yeah, I would love to actually play a Blue Mage just normally throughout the game, but anyways. Same. Anyways. Yeah, there was a, there were a lot of complaints about that when yeah. it came out. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure even now I haven't really kept up with it, but um, yeah. So, so this is a good segue into the draw system actually, because it kind of functions a little bit the same like the idea of taking enemy magic and using it against them Mm. the the problem is that it's tedious as fuck to stockpile 99 magic if this is the way you're getting it and this is another reason why you want to engage with the card system because refining it is so much fucking faster Uh, okay i see uh and drawing it is painfully goddamn slow um and, and then as soon as you've maxed it out, you're going to junction it, and you're never going to touch exactly. it because you don't want stats to go Yeah, you, you just you tie it to a stat that it, you want it to boost the way you want it to, and then you never actually use that magic, right? It just sits there. Yeah, like, like making this a consumable in a genre where people are notoriously hoardy with their <laughs> items <laughs> is, uh, is, is like shit design yeah, to me. Yeah, of course. It's just, <laughs> drawing, yeah. drawing is tedious. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I, I like the mechanic. It, like, if you get rid of stocking magic and drawing is something that physically oriented characters could do to get some variety. Like, let's say Squall is, he only has the stats to support, like, strong physical attacks. Uh, what if drawing instead lets you cast whatever magic the enemy has available using the enemy stats? Mm, okay. Interesting. That gives him some variety, but the weakness is it depends on what that person, that enemy is carrying. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, a great example of that where when I was fighting the robot spider, I had um, Squall in yellow HP because I wanted to, to, to get his desperation attack. And he killed me once because I didn't, I forgot that this spider has protect. So I had Zell draw and cast protect from the spider on Squall. So I could uh, Phoenix down him, and then I was able to survive his attacks oh, okay. way easier. Cool. And I could just spam Ranzukukin until he fucking that's, died. That's 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 a cool it setup. Was, yeah, it was it was a nice little organic thing to discover again because I, I just forgot about it. Um, and like, it'd be nice to see. It'd be nice if the system was um, encouraged that more. You can, I guess you could argue it does. Like, there's nothing stopping you from doing more of that, but. Um, the, the extra of having to stock magic is just, like, fucking lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, and, I mean, that, that's basically it for 8. This, the draw system is... The draw system and the um, the stat issue are, are the main things that are preventing me from having a really great time with the game. <laughs> how, how far are you? Uh, I... Just finished the seed exam. I was playing cards. Uh, I'm I beat Diablos, and I'm supposed to go to the timber mission where you meet Renoa. It is um also oh, disc one still then? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not super far, because um, I moved on to Cross for a bit to see how that held yeah. up. Yeah, and that's the next thing I'm going to talk about. <laughs> tell us tell us your thoughts on Final Fantasy Cross. <laughs> oh, Fantasy Cross. So. I mean, graphically and and everything musically, the game holds up beautifully. I'm still having a good time with it. There are definitely some things that bother me more now that I probably didn't even fucking notice as a yeah. kid when I played this. Um, the main one being the, the two things that bother me here the most are the randomness of stat gains uh, and needing multiple playthroughs to get each character. 
I'm just I'm, RPGs are long. I don't always want. I don't really want to go through them many times. Um, the exception being Xenoblade X, <laughs> 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 which I have too many hours in. Um, but the um, the stat gain issue I have is that characters you're not using don't see any of that. So the, the way the system works here is every boss you beat gives you a new star level. So your, your party just shares the star ranking where if you beat three bosses, then you are star rank three. Everybody's star rank three. They have access to their first um, character-specific tech at rank three, right. etc. But But between those star levels, when you get in, in fights, after a fight, there is a small chance that a stat of yours will grow. Um, eventually, they will stop growing because you've hit the limit before your next star rank. But if you want to make the most of all of your characters, you have to cycle all of them in between star ranks to get those random boosts before getting your oh, next star Oh, interesting. Rank. I never thought about it like that. Um, and, and characters will fall behind. Again, it's like FF8. It's not like they're unusable or that the game requires this for you to win. But I, I dislike that um, the... There's just this missable element. To yeah, it, right? yeah, I know. If I didn't cycle my character in this backup character that I want to play with later for fun, for the last ten star ranks, I have permanently missed out on stats for that. And it's impossible not to think, "Oh, you used to be cool, but you're shitty now." And then you just, <laughs> yeah, you exactly. can't, yeah, yeah. It's I don't like being punished for engaging with the battle system. And getting <laughs> you, you don't like being punished for playing the game. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> um, so, the the other, what else did I mention? Um, oh yeah, multiple playthroughs to get each character. Um, I, I can live with that. I, I guess the thing that bothers me most about it is some of the decisions you have to make to get those characters feel really dumb. Yeah, well, they're also super um, obtuse, right? Like you'd never know unless you, you yeah, read about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Glenn is the famous example where spoilers here, of course, but. If you want to get Glenn, you have to turn down the option to save Kid from the Hydra Venom, which just that that's a bad flavor option. Yeah, for, hell yeah, <laughs> for for all of your characters. Like, yeah, sorry, I got other things to do. You can die. <laughs> she <laughs> maybe, what maybe this Surfer Doctor will save. You. <laughs> <laughs> surfer Doctor. Oh, I remember him. Um, obviously, I, so I played this game. It's been years now, but. I chose to not save her because Glenn is like one of my favorite characters. He's also a callback to Frog from Chrono Trigger, although it's you know mm-hmm. not really confirmed that they're the same person. I choose to believe like they are. Um, does he's also one of the best characters? Yeah, when you get his second sword, oh god, so good. Um, kid doesn't die though. Obviously, she she does get saved by Surfer Doctor. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but I think Korcha and Surfer Doc do. Something. Okay. Okay. Like she definitely doesn't die, but I don't exa- I don't remember exactly how they save her. But then you still like get her as a party member, or do you lose Kid? So if you turn her down the first time, you get to recruit Lena, and then the second time you run into her, uh, which is in Termina, you can recruit her right away. Oh, okay. Uh, so she's already she's already a party member of mine. So she she'll be. Um, you don't like lose her with this this um, Hydra Venom thing, as far as I remember. Um. What was I going to say? Um, we were talking a little bit about Glenn being really good, and you don't want to miss him. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's one of the few characters that has a double tech with um, with anybody else oh, because right. there aren't that many in this game. Yeah, which which and it, it's um, like cross slash, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, cross slash or X yeah, slash. Yeah, he's like obviously that. Glenn. He's obviously Frog from Chrono Trigger. Okay, yeah. So I was just reminding myself yeah. that he's obviously Frog. Great callback to Trigger. Hell yeah. Um, One of the, and, and you're so desperate. <coughs> you're so desperate me. for those callbacks in this game. <laughs> or at least oh, yeah. I was when I was a kid. Because I was like, but where are my friends? <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just a shame that like the worst character choice is how you have to get like arguably one of the best characters yeah, for sure <laughs> uh, so yeah, ultimately just the like the missables in terms of of battles and stats and stuff and just another strange non-standard progression system they don't gel with me the way they used to yeah um yeah it definitely does affect my enjoyment going through it again um battle music is also terrible <laughs> That whiny violin, it just, <laughs> you hear it a lot and it's not Yeah, great. I see. It's, it's starting um, to grade on you, eh? Yeah, definitely. It, um, it's it's no Chrono Trigger with its really simple, like, bass line and a little bit of uh, organ and stuff like that? It's just, like, it's a really wild thing. I don't want to say, like, it's musically terrible. It's just not fun to listen to again and again. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, okay, the last thing that bugs me here is... Having your attack turn interrupted constantly is really annoying. So, it's a. I, I assume underneath it all, it's a speed-based game. So when the enemy's turn comes up, they can take their action in between the hits of your attack round. So when you're, if you haven't played the game before, anyone listening, when you get your turn, you raise your accuracy for stronger basic attacks by doing weaker basic attacks. You have weak, medium, and heavy essentially. Um, so during Surge's turn, for example, his weak attack is he does this dinky little poke yep. with his weapon to build up his accuracy. Right after that, if it's the enemy's turn, he'll, they'll just jump in and take their action before going back to Surge, who has reset back to his initial position. Um, it just doesn't feel great. I don't. I don't. I, I, would rather I don't even have really this, remember it that way. That's yeah. Anyways, I'd rather just have it rebalanced towards letting you get your whole turn off like give enemies more hp if that's what it takes it would just feel better to do my entire action rather than get like weirdly interrupted yeah for sure um and um ah, let's see here do i have anything else that's that's about it those are the main things that stand out to me still having a good time um there are a lot of the characters are kind of garbage characters stat wise but the designs I find interesting, um, and frequently they have like no plot involvement whatsoever. Yeah. And there are many characters where you you see like everybody hates Korcha, for example, <laughs> and it, it's like a running joke that he's just an NPC they decided to make a character out of. It's like he give you a boat ride once, so make him a, a party member. Um, um, yeah, there there are, there are quite a few characters in that game as well. Oh, yeah, there's like 45 or something. Yeah, yeah, well, that's actually more than I remember there being. Yeah, so there's a lot, and, and there are definitely some that are absolutely forgettable. I kind of I kind of liken it to Sweet Coden in that way. Um, but yeah, at least, yeah, at sure, least pretty, this game much, doesn't, yeah. like, penalize you for not collecting everyone and, and give you a worse ending like Sweet Coden does. So. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that. That's, that's, yeah, that's... you're like, to get the true ending of those games, you have to collect all 108 characters each time. Yeah. Um, uh, with their, I'm sure, very obtuse. Yes, conditions. exactly. Like it's it's one of those things with these old RPGs when they when they do stuff like this, it's almost like they expect you after every single story beat, right? So after every little like cutscene and bit of progression, 
they're like, okay, they're going to go back to every single town they've ever visited, and they're going to talk to every NPC again just to make sure they haven't, you know, activated the flag for one of these random characters' quests. But that's not fucking fun. That's oh. awful. Fuck, yes. Okay, that just reminds me of something I have to bring up for FF7, and that's the fucking Condor battles. Oh, hell yeah. Another great example of that. Yeah. I I don't dislike the Condor minigame. It's it's kind of fun. Yep. It's simplistic now, but it is it's kind of fun. And I found a strategy where you just park uh, rangers and um, what are they called trebuchets or whatever everywhere, and it decimates yep. everything. <laughs> and it's it's I I didn't mind the little game there, but the there are so many missable battles where the the most minor fucking thing can. Um, require another visit another uh, uh, back trek i guess all the way back to fort condor uh, the, i guess the, the worst one i can remember is if you get too close to um cosmo canyon in the buggy the buggy breaks down right? yep so you have to go through the cosmo canyon events before it's fixed but if you do that you miss a battle so you have to like get out of the buggy close to condor but not too close uh, close to cosmo rather but not too close Start the events there, then go all the way back to Condor, do the battle, and then come back. It's just, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of that, and it's fucking. Dumb. I mean, it almost seems like an error in a way, right? Like for that to be the condition for that particular fight at Fort Condor, it just seems like it was a mistake. You know what I mean? There's like, how could that be intentional? Yeah, it's hard to yeah. say. Maybe they just had trouble organizing the. Yeah, exactly. Events, like it's that's what it's. It almost it seems more like that to me than an intentional. We want you to have to get out of the buggy go to the new town that you haven't been to yet and then come back to the but we just want you to have to do that even though no one ever playing this game for the first time not knowing that would do that nobody would do that <laughs> i wouldn't put it past them though like there's just old school rpg design is, is punishing. yeah yeah sometimes they just have weird shit that they don't want you to find and they want they, i mean but it's like nowadays with the internet that stuff is kind of trivialized because you just look it up right but back in the day, yeah, like, exactly. you had to find someone who had done this. <laughs> and then they had to tell you with their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you needed that one super neurotic friend exactly. who just talked to every NPC. Yeah, you you needed your friend. David, your your scum of the earth, David. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we haven't shot on David. I know, it's been way too long. Guy's a piece of shit. Absolute piece of shit. <laughs> Love him to death, though. Um, Love him to death. <laughs> So uh, that's it for Cross. I'm going to talk a little bit about Vagrant Story, and then it's your oh, turn. Again. I've just it's been, I've just for been an hour. waiting. I've just been sitting here waiting. All right, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about Vagrant Story, though. Uh, so going, I, I fucking love this game. I have great memories of this game, but I, I have to admit to myself that playing it now, it feels clunky as hell sometimes. Mm. Um, I'm, like, it survives in my mind on nostalgia quite a bit, but playing it now these systems are obtuse and I'm, I'm not having the greatest time the like cinematic cutscenes in the direction of it hold up fucking wonderfully like the opening to this game is still fucking great and i i love the graphics like the chunky pixels because the low res of the playstation just looks good um the way the faces are animated uh the fucking lighting and everything it's it's fantastic yeah. but Combat is such a mixed bag. I think the ideas are cool, but they get bogged down by menu clunk and just... You know, there's no tutorials in this game, so a lot of it is trial by error or reading a guide. Um, 
So enemies are weak to certain weapon classes and damage types, and weapons gain affinity for two enemy families out of the six through killing. But only certain family pairs will work, and if you kill enemies, for, for example, humans and beasts are next to each other. Okay. I think humans and beasts as a family pair works, but humans and dragons wouldn't, because killing a dragon would lower your human So affinity. if you've been using a weapon the whole time, killing human enemies... And then you get to an area with a bunch of dragon enemies and you use that same weapon to kill them, you're going to be undoing all the work you did making that a sick human killing weapon, right? Yeah, and it's it's probably not gonna go down so fast that you wouldn't notice. But um it's it's just a an annoying thing to keep track of. I was of. gonna say it's 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 a and system I never really had any I never derived any joy from engaging with it. Yeah, and if you know what, if you're going to encourage me to switch weapons, make switching weapons easy. Yeah. But instead, I'm forced to to be like fucking seven or eight seconds in a fucking slow menu to change out my weapon because the screen I'm on contains weapons from like or uh, enemies from like three separate fucking families. Yeah. And it just it adds up and it it breaks the flow in, in a battle system that already has plenty of that. Um, like when I encountered when I encountered my first ghost enemy, Ooh, uh, yeah. I was fighting him with uh, a rapier. I should have equipped the crossbow; that probably would have been better. Um, but the rapier, I think, had a little bit of undead plus on it because I killed some zombies or something. Yep. Um, and the ghost enemies warp around, and their casting range is much bigger than your melee range. So I was getting hammered by this fucking ghost magic, and it. Took a, I, I didn't die or anything, but it was like a pain in the ass to kill this sure. thing. <laughs> it, it felt, again, slow and clunky. Um, I like the the part targeting, and like if you hit the enemy in the head enough and you break the head, you silence the enemy. I thought that oh, was cool. really cool. cool, cool. If, you, if you break the right arm, you lower physical damage by 50%, which is a huge payoff. Right. Um, if you break the left arm, I think you lower their evasion. So it's it's a cool system. I would have liked to see it in a in a in a system that flows better. Definitely, I guess. yeah. I mean, it's something that should like targetable like body parts. I don't know why that hasn't really been done more in in other RPGs with different systems. Yeah, it's a shame that a lot of a lot of things like Final Fantasy XII system with the gambits and Vagrant Story, Vagrant Story and Parasite Eve have similar yeah. systems, but they didn't like. Where are the games to evolve? Yeah, like, yeah. There, there's, there's no more attempts. I know. Um, this is, this is actually. I was going to comment on this. Like these older PlayStation One RPGs, and then yeah, even getting into the PS2 ones, they tried so many things. Um, mm-hmm. And and but then often just left them at the wayside, right? So it's like, oh, either they just got bored of it, or, or they're like, oh, it didn't work a hundred percent the first time, so let's just try something totally different next time. Yeah, where where were the iterations of, of these things? Where's the culmination of all their fucking efforts? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, like, uh, everything I've talked about for 8 and Cross and Vagrant Story now, like, ultimately today these things bother me, but these are 20-plus-year-old games. Yeah. Like, like, keep growing these systems. It's a shame that these companies don't, like, experiment. Yeah, or just sit down and say, like, what worked about it and what didn't work. And, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. what did we like about our cool new inventive progression system? Uh, And what what didn't, yeah, what what did players not interact with well? Uh, Yeah, keep keep getting fan feedback and then iterate on that system because there's some great shit here that could be, like, great today, (laughs) I would think. Yeah. 
Um, and it would and it would take yeah, it's like, just, it would take these institutions to really capitalize on this, right? Because they have the capital to to try things again. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and they, if even if they try it in a smaller game, they can they can absorb a failure. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be indie devs who are refining these things, right? Um, it it should be these legacy RPG makers that have been honing this craft for decades, but they definitely aren't fucking doing that nowadays. So. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately <laughs> um yeah so I, I i can't hate these games for experimenting this way um they don't hold up the way i wish they did for me personally um seven holds up amazingly but seven is also more simplistic yes than, than yeah it is yeah um i, I, I forgot um, to me- i definitely no, i was go gonna say i forgot to, to piggyback on your comment about the materia swapping and how there's no like materia sets I did just want to say sure. that that was like my nightmare by the end of Final Fantasy VII. Is if I had to <laughs> totally unequip somebody's materia and then reequip them. Oh, oh God! And, and I just like I would never write it down, so I would just try and remember what I had on them, and then I would stress about. Yeah, God, it was awful. Like, anyways, I, I wrote it down every. Oh, you time. did. I was just pissed that I, I was just pissed that I had. To. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't be bothered. But then I would get anxious about like, oh, was that the material I was working on? Oh, I hope I don't forget about this like goal I was working towards. Anyways, and then I had the idea. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take a fucking photo. It's going to be easy. Except names aren't. Displayed. No, they are not. You just have colors, which would not be particularly helpful. God damn it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that was a pain in the ass. So something like uh, another chance to iterate yep. and i mean future uses of materia haven't been great in my opinion no, they haven't 14 uses them for stat boosts which is kind it's, of it's just they're the same as like any sort of gem insert in any other rpg right like it's not interesting yeah it's it's that's unfortunate um yeah that's it for vagrant story um i'm not sure i'm going to finish this one i've already beaten this game i've already beaten eight i've already beaten cross i don't know if i'm going to finish them all I'm going to try to finish 8 because I want to see how that story holds yeah. up today. Um, and I'm going to try to finish Crosses. Vagrant Story, I doubt I'm actually going to finish because it's kind of grating on me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I tried, I've tried. i tried it two times in the last year, Vagrant Story, because I have a lot of respect for so much of what they did with that game, but I just I can't. I don't get a lot of joy from actually playing it, sadly. Maybe someday you and I can, can like suffer through the worst parts of it together so we can get to the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a co-op playthrough. Yeah, if, if there was one way I was going to do it, I think a co-op playthrough would be the way I actually get through Vagrant Story. So, We'll, we'll add that to our Alundra 2 Yes, day. yeah. <laughs> the day where we're going to beat two RPGs. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> one night. Yeah, actually, yeah the one, it usually starts at yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to order burgers and beat two yeah, games. They always say to set your goals reasonably, so make sure you can achieve your goals. They're manageable. <laughs> two RPGs, one night. So that, that's it for me. I just spent like 40 fucking minutes talking about what I played this week, or the last couple of weeks, rather. Um, yeah, it's your turn to jump into 14. Okay, yeah, so I'll, I'll start with 14. Um, so I don't know. Obviously, there was something in the back of my mind where I was kind of like itching for an excuse to try 14 again. I, you know what? This happened even last time when, when Shadowbringers came out. Every time they release an expansion... I like totally fall for the promotional material and I see how excited the community gets about it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that. And it's Final Fantasy, which, which as much as I shit on it, is a series that has so many special moments for me. So of course I'm always trying to chase that high and that nostalgia. Anyways, 
I I had a I have a friend at work who's been playing um, probably for over a month, maybe like two months ish now, maybe less. He and his friends from back home got into the game, and he had a couple friends who have actually played on and off for a while. One of them is a fucking god and knows everything about the game, so he's helpful to have kind of just in my back pocket to ask questions to. So he'd been talking about it for a while, and I was like, bro, no. Like, I, I Final Fantasy XI is where it was at for me, and even that game I have a, a rocky relationship with. I've played fourteen. I, I have too many problems with it on principle. Fundamentally, I just think it has too many errors, or not errors, too, too many hang-ups as far as, like, modern MMOs with the vertical scaling and everything. And I, like, I just don't see myself getting into it. And then randomly, another friend, completely not related to this work person, they don't know each other, this other friend is also not someone I would ever have expected to, to say this, he texted me and said, Kyle, should I play Final Fantasy XIV? And I was like, what the fuck? I'm getting this from both sides now? So, like, he, he didn't even say he was going to. He just literally texted me, should I? And within minutes, I was trying to recover my, my Final Fantasy fourteen account information from 2017. So I don't know. Apparently, I was just looking for an excuse to to cave and try it again. I had tried it earlier this year on the on the computer. You remember that, I'm sure. And and yep. I bounced right off of it. Mind you, I was playing more or less alone. Um. Anyways, I, I came back to my old old 2017 account. When that, so it wasn't on the free trial. So I, I have a sub. So I'm not locked to any of the free trial requirements. Like you can't you can't do slash tells on the free trial, eh? Oh, yeah, so like my, my my one friend who started playing, he's on the free trial, um, and I think if you buy one of the expansions or pre-order one of the expansions, it like upgrades your account so that you can do everything. Because my work friend, I can send tells to, but this other friend, I can't I can't talk to in game unless we're in a party. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, I just find that funny. That's weird. But I have a sub, and, and I came back to an account that's very old but made a brand new character, and I decided to choose Black Mage and. The conventional wisdom is is this. Final Fantasy XIV has some really excellent story beats hidden in there, okay? None of almost none of that will be found in the base game. So when the game was when the game was relaunched as 2.0 and they redid the whole original game which John actually had played a bunch of back in the day and we talked a little bit on that old podcast. Um yep. they they changed your kind of approach to everything and this it was a lot more i think i don't know, I don't know if i want to say linear this the way that you interact with the story in this game and this is even the case in, in heaven's word which is the expansion i'm at now and I'll, I'll get to all that in a bit but you you basically you talk to an npc they give you a quest that's going to give you a shitload of experience to help get you to level 50 as soon as possible okay so their goal now with with the 2.0 story missions nowadays now that there's like four expansions afterwards is for them to be a constant source of experience so that by the time you're done them, you'll be at level 50 ready for the next expansion, Heavensward, right? They don't want you, they're afraid of having to make you grind it all to get to 50 to, to get to Heavensward, so they just kind of fucking force feed you experience through these story quests. But they also give you so fucking many of these little story quests and so many of them are pointless little, like, talk to this person, walk two meters talk to that person right over there okay talk to that guy yeah. i'm pointing at right there go tell him what i just told you with my mouth but do it with your mouth and then you do that like <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens of times or it's like 
that must have been hard. So here's twenty thousand experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they give you. It, it's silly. It's it's so weird because you do this quest that took maybe a minute, and then they're like, "Here's forty k experience points and a level." And I'm like, "Okay, thanks. I guess." <laughs> uh, it, it's all. It's very weird. Anyways, that aspect of it still sucks, and there's no fucking doubt about it. That aspect is just not fun, and it is even continuing to an extent in Heaven's Word, um, where it's still that same. You're, there's just too much of it. I wish they would just pare it down and make me like grind out dungeons once in a while to get a level as opposed to giving me all these little kind of mundane walking talking quests before we get to the next right. to the next story beat. And the story beats have actually been pretty good. They've definitely been improving towards the end of a Realm Reborn, the original base game after the relaunch. Um, they actually, in my opinion, had some pretty cool little political intrigue with one of the cities. And then there's a big series of cutscenes at the very end of it all, which, frankly, I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and I was like, holy shit, imagine this wasn't buried in 40 hours of playtime of me talking to random NPCs whose names are hilariously weird uh, that I don't remember and mean nothing to me. So, <laughs> like, I, I'd much prefer that my time between story bits, like, story beats was, was tied up in playing, like, inter interacting with the systems, right? Running dungeons doing side content that I enjoy as opposed to this constant slog of, okay, I need to sit down and just bang out these 40 quests in a row to get to the next dungeon, for example. And that's like not an exaggeration. Yeah, and that, that's how the game started. It's just now they're trying to rush you to end game right away. Yes, exactly. Um, so anyways, that, that aspect of it is, is still crappy and, and it's just not good. Um, so for a long time, I was... I, I think one of the reasons I was able to make it through A Realm Reborn this time, and I wasn't when I tried it again earlier this year, is I was actually skipping the vast majority of cutscenes outright, and I was, like, speedrunning this story as much as I could. It hurts It okay. hurts my soul. Like, as a as a RPG player my whole life, it fucking hurts me personally to do that. Um, but I had to come to terms for A Realm Reborn and let myself just admit that this part of the, like the stuff you're doing right now isn't important, isn't interesting. It's not good story. This is entirely there to to pad and give you experience to get you leveled up. Watch it like so. I was like, I'm just gonna watch a synopsis on YouTube um, before and after, so that I can kind of contextualize stuff going into it, and then remind myself what happened after it. So that's that's how I ended up kind of interacting with most of a Realm Reborn story. Anyways, right. there are some good moments in there. I actually think they have some decent stories to tell, and that's continued in Heaven's Word. It's definitely improved in Heaven's Word, in my opinion. Uh, just the overall... I mean, Heaven's Word has some of my favorite moments. Oh, sick. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't, I, like, I can't wait to get to some of these awesome... Like, I keep hearing people say, like, don't skip the cutscenes in Heaven's Word. There's some really cool stuff. So that's great. This is, this is I think, one of the main reasons I've been able to get some joy out of Final Fantasy XIV... Um, compared to other MMOs, is one of my goals is to see the story. Um, and, and getting through... A Realm Reborn is such a barrier to entry there because there's so much bullshit, right? But now I'm finally at a part right. in the game where, yes, there's still bullshit and there's still periods of time where I'm like, oh my god, they're going to make me go kill three of this useless enemy two feet away just to bring back their meat? Like, fuck you! That's not... like. <laughs> That should be a, an optional side quest I choose to do. That shouldn't be the next story mission. And they do that constantly still. Right. But it's quick. Like the, I can still I can still blaze through it and move on. And 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 I'll get into the, the stuff that's kind of keeping me enjoying it despite that too. But yeah, so so the story is, is one of my main goals for playing the game. And this was 
I think this is what has me primed to want to try it again and why I tried it again earlier this year is when Shadowbringers came out, people kept saying, the story's awesome. Like, this is some of the best Final Fantasy story we've seen in a long time. And and 14 definitely takes kind of a more classical Final Fantasy approach in general, right? Like, just aesthetically, from like a world-building perspective, it's more of like an older style, um, you know, some magic technology, but a lot of medieval fantasy stuff. Uh, so it's it's nice in that regard to kind of have a bit of a return to form stylistically. Yeah, so I've been enjoying that aspect of it. Um, one thing I really like about Heavensward is they, there's a huge shift now where travel time actually starts to, to matter. Um, not nearly as much as in Final Fantasy XI, but I, I can't just um, you know teleport to the, the waypoints like I could in the base game. I actually have to travel to places and it takes a while and the maps are a bit more confusing so I have to kind of navigate my way around. While I'm doing that, I'm trying to find these Aether Currents so that I can unlock flying in each of these maps. And that makes for sometimes right. fun little detours as I'm just going mission to mission. I, I pop my compass and it tells me, oh, there's an Aether Point, you know, 200 yams north. I was like, okay, I'll take a little detour north. And So there's, there's kind of a nice little progression loop here. I'm also really liking the environments in Heavensward. The, the maps are huge. They're just fucking gigantic compared to the maps um, in the base game, for the most part anyways. And, uh, yeah, they're just they're interesting geographically. They look very cool. So I've been enjoying the exploration part of it more. But, and I remember you have made this complaint in the past, John, they, as soon as you've done it once, you never need to do it again. So as soon as I get that yes. waypoint unlocked, you want to fucking silence your phone, motherfucker, before I lose my damn head? <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll throw it on the couch so it doesn't vibrate. Throw it out desk. your window. <laughs> um, forgive my outburst. Um, yes, when you when you when you unlock a, a waypoint now, I basically never need to do that run again, right? And even even yeah. unlocking flying for these maps, like for the most part, when the when I've unlocked the flying, I don't think I'm going to have to go back and actually scour that map very much. So the flying is something I'm not really going to get to enjoy. Um, yeah, we, we talked about it last time where the there aren't many reasons to engage with the world between dungeons. Yeah, well, it, so Heavensward kind of forces your hand there a little bit and says, no, you are going to have to actually walk through the world and, and you know, get to the next point on foot. Um, and it's going to be a bit more of a journey this time, but then they don't have any staying power. They had no way of making you continue to do that. Um, it's kind of a one and done. But I do like that I, I going through the Heavensward areas... Like my my one of my my friend yesterday, he's been getting these these maps, these treasure maps, and mm. you can you can go there with a party and you you open up a treasure chest and you fight some enemies and then you get some loot and if you're lucky a portal opens up and you get to do this little dungeon where you kind of go down a corridor have a little room of enemies encounters get some loot and then you have two doors to choose from and one door will continue the run and one door will kick you out and you're done. Um, so we did that yesterday, and that was also awesome. There's a ton of really cool side content in this game that, I don't know, I've actually just been enjoying engaging with. Like yesterday, that was really cool. We ended up doing that encounter. We got the portal, which was exciting because he was trying to get a particular item. And then we, the, I think the furthest they'd ever gotten was four doors in. We actually managed to complete it. We got it right every single time and finished that like treasure chest portal dungeon. So I got like 250,000 gil and... Some cool like minions and stuff like that. So that was a really fun little sure. diversion. Um, cool. Yeah, and 
he had another map that he'd, he'd opened, but it was for an area I actually hadn't gotten to in Heaven's Word yet, and I couldn't just zoom there. I straight up had to keep progressing and actually like going through the, the content to, to get to that area. So I like the progression in Heaven's Word more than I do in, in A Realm Reborn. Um, that's been a nice change. But I do wish, again, there's just still too much bloat. There's way too much bloat. It might feel different if this was brand new, right? And like I was playing it new with everybody and I didn't want it to be over. Uh, but now, because in my mind, I kind of want to get to Endwalker, right? Which releases in early access tomorrow, so I'm obviously never going to do that. But I can't help but feel like, God, I wish they would just pare down the bullshit to these story quests now and just give me, like, the, the spark notes, cutscenes that are important version of this without all this, this inane bullshit. Um, right. Yeah, so, so that part of it's still frustrating, but th there's been some cool story stuff. I found myself getting somewhat connected to... The little cast of characters they're building. And it sounds like that just gets better because Endwalker is the end of the entire story from A Realm Reborn to this latest expansion, which is the fourth expansion, I believe. Yeah. So there's just a ton of story with this same cast of characters to to experience. And I'm pretty excited to see where they end up going with it, especially because it sounds like they, they actually did a pretty damn good job. Um, another thing I like... So, so I, I just always have something to do in this game, and, and it never requires a huge time investment from me. Um, I, I've been doing the Triple Triad stuff in Final Fantasy XIV, so I unlocked it at the Gold Saucer. I built my deck, and I've just been going around challenging everybody who, who has the little icon above their head, because they all have a, a chance to give you a unique card that you don't have for your collection yet. So basically, I just do those until I beat them and get that card, and it thankfully marks their little icon above their head with a star to show that you've completed that now. So there's a little bit of a completionist reward for me there as well, and I just get to keep building out my triple triad deck, which is fun. I'm pretty sure that there's some like uh, unique glamour items and stuff you can get from from doing that later on too. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, the gold saucer I actually find pretty enjoyable as a little diversion here and there. You know, run and do your little scratch ticket every day if you want those events that they have every 20 minutes um yeah it's it, it's it's there's a lot of stupid little stuff like that which i've been enjoying interacting with and then like i said that that treasure map where we did that we got that treasure and then we went through that cool dungeon and we happened to get lucky seven times in a row to finish it was a lot of fun like we i had a blast so yeah um so that takes me to playing it with a group of people so I don't know this group very well. Um, I, I work with the one guy, and we're close, but his his friends I don't know personally, but I've chatted with them a bit now on voice chat, and, and they've all been, like, super, you know, chill dudes and, and always really happy to help. So, like, if I unlock a dungeon for the story and I want to run it, they're, and they're online, they'll basically always just say, yep, give us, like, two minutes, and then we'll come run that dungeon with you. Um, it's cool. nice because one of my big complaints with this game as a newbie, especially if you're not playing it with anybody you know, is running a dungeon can be kind of stressful and like a bit daunting unless you're going to put in the time every single time to watch like a 10 minute YouTube video on like how to go through the dungeon and what you're supposed to do because people optimize these runs so much right and they're so worried about doing them quickly right. um, but with people you know you know you can one you can make mistakes and it's not the end of the world uh, and two they can just kind of show you the ropes and yeah it's a, it's a nicer way to engage with this stuff um, doing all this has also just it's almost made me regret not playing this when it was all new because I have a feeling I would have really enjoyed like doing Heavensward Dungeons when they were fresh for everybody and nobody knew what was going on and you had to take a bit more time. Um, 
Well, you'll 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 get to see that in Walker. Yeah, um, if well, when, it won't, it won't when be, when you get there, it's not going to be irrelevant. True, yet, right? it, it, it'll be it'll be hard still, and people will have to engage with like the dungeon mechanics and stuff. But it will still be more optimized than when it was brand new, right? Like I'm not going to go get to learn this stuff with everybody on the fly. I'm going to come into it when everybody knows what they're doing. So it, it still won't be quite the same. I mean. I, I, it just depends on how long it takes. If you if you get there a month or two into the release of it, because it's not going to take you very long to get through Heavensward. Right. Stormblood, I'm not sure about. But you will be joining returning players. Right? Yeah. I'm sure over a period of several months, there are going to be new people coming sure, back. Sure, sure. Right? Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I'm, there's also people like me, right, who every day there's new new players joining the game. So. There's still tons. Yeah, still like tons if you're pl- if you're playing steadily, you're not gonna you're not gonna miss out on that. Yeah. Anyway, so I, that that's that's what the other. So my goals: seeing the story, and then goal two would be getting to end game, current end game, to see how that experience is. Because in my mind, I can see it being pretty rewarding, um, if if the content is good, obviously. Um, right. Yeah. So so I don't know. I, I've been enjoying it. I should talk about Black Mage very briefly. Mechanically, I find it very fun. Um, one of the worst parts about this game, though, is when you... So I'm level 61 now, so I have, like, a fair bit of stuff to my kit. Um, and, like, I'm fairly involved in what I have to do and manage and stuff like that. What sucks is when you end up doing content that restricts your level now and you lose all your cool shit. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I get it now, too, why people, when they get stuck running these low-level dungeons, it's not just that they've done them a hundred times. They also... Their job is fucking boring now. They're used to fucking pressing a button every two seconds and ma- managing three different things on the side and like to be good at this game like there's definitely a, a pretty there's a low skill floor i think but there's a pretty high skill ceiling uh, especially depending on uh, oh, yeah, depending sure. on the job but um yeah it kind of sucks when you're back down to level 20 and you have two moves you just spam over and over and over again that's it's just not fun um so yeah i, I get that now because at level 60 i i have i don't know, you played black mage so i'm sure you'll remember all this but basically i have uh, three stacks that I can put on top of each other. Three stacks of fire or three stacks of ice. I have certain spells that will automatically give me all three stacks at once. And if I have three stacks of fire or ice, I can pop a move that gives me access to either fire four or blizzard four. If I use blizzard four, meaning I have to have three ice stacks, it gives me three umbral hearts. So three other stacks on top of my ice stacks which now cut the cost of my fire moves, which are meant to be my big damage moves, in half, so I can stay in my kind of damage mode as long as possible. While I'm doing this, I'm also watching where my ley lines are, which is a little effect I put on the ground to boost my damage. Later on, I get to fucking teleport between ley lines, which is amazing. Um, yeah, it's just, there's a lot going on, and it, it, casting fire four, I always feel like a fucking badass. I, I love that animation that they have for that. I remember you showing uh, David and I your like rotation, how you get to that and stuff, uh, and I thinking how fucking cool it was, which is why I ended up picking it this time. So, yeah, I had I had some some real fun with Black Mage at the time. Yeah, so so having fun like mechanically, I just find it a, a, a fun class to play. I tried Samurai a little bit just because they start at fifty, and I, I wanted to see like what a level fifty kind of melee class was like, um, sure. and maybe they're not you know indicative of all melee classes of course they're not i'm sure but i didn't enjoy it nearly as much as i enjoyed uh, enjoyed black mage so um anyways yeah having fun just playing the game dungeons remain fun as long as you're with a group of people you like and it's you know a good dungeon there's some that are more fun than others i quite like some of the boss fights um 
those are just... We did one yesterday of this giant, like, insect guy who has four swords. Um, and he was hard enough that we actually, again, had to engage with the mechanics. We didn't just burn him down so fast that nothing mattered, so that was cool. I almost died, but one of my friend's friends that I was playing with, he used... Uh, healers have that roll action where they can pull you to them. And he... he oh, yeah, yeah, he rescued me from getting blown off the side of the arena, and that was fucking cool. So... <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> um, we were we were fighting uh, a giant dragon, um, Midgard Zormer, I think his name is. And there's a move he does where in the middle of the arena, this little dome comes up where you have to go to be safe. And I didn't see it quite in time, so I was running to it. And same thing, he like managed to rescue me into it just in time before the the move procked and, and wiped <laughs> me. So moments like that are really cool. I remember that fight. That is a real. You're, you're dancing all the yeah, time on Black yeah, Mage. Exactly. Fight. Yeah. So yeah, so some some fun stuff for sure. Like they, they definitely have they have some magic here, um, no doubt about it. But they have some some serious bullshit as well. Um, there's no denying that. Uh, yeah, so I'm just excited to keep getting further. Excited to see Stormblood and then Shadowbringers. I hear is even better than Stormblood yet. And then we'll see. We'll see how Endwalker is. I'm hoping that the reviews are going to be pretty positive. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and then. I've, I've only played really one class so far, so who knows? Maybe someday I'll get brave and I'll try tank, or maybe I'll try healer, and we shall, shall see. Um, let me just see if I have anything else I wanted to say. No, I, I think that's about it. Yeah, any thoughts? Yeah, I was, I was just very surprised to hear you're back to it <laughs> when, you, when you told me you were playing it again and having a good time. I see my role in this is to just not talk about it because my shitting on it might affect your enjoyment. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think I know and even agree with all of your like criticisms of the game. And, and I still think that there are so many ways in which it could be so much better, especially for new players. Um, if, I, if I were playing it with you, though, I know I'd talk about it. And I, you're having a good time, so I'll just... <laughs> you, you have a good time over there. <laughs> I will likely never go back because I don't think I'm going to enjoy it. But what, what, uh, <laughs> it's, it's good that you what, what broke you? Like, was, it, was it what I've been talking about? Was it like the bullshit inanity of the story? Yeah, it's just everything. Uh, rerunning content endlessly. Yeah. Uh, you, you get a cool item and it's useless the next yes, week. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I will say like I yeah, constantly there's get... just yeah, I got really tired of that loop. Yeah. So I, I've I've like done this ad nauseum. The expansion is not going to change anything. But if you're enjoying it, that's good. Right. Um, I didn't mention. I'll mention this quickly too. So this the with the Endwalker release tomorrow. Um, they're doing a huge patch today, and part of the patch is a, is an enormous stat squish. Um, so they're actually reducing like everybody's health pools are going to be way lower just item level stats in general are going to be a lot lower because they were finding people were steamrolling way too much stuff um so there's a lot of speculation as to just how much of a stat squish this is going to be and how much more difficult some of the like older content is going to be again um people might actually have to run dungeons and fight bosses the way that they were intended to be fought which i think is a good thing especially for new players because it, it does suck to do a fight and just like basically have to run the whole time to catch up with people because they're killing everything so fast and you're like what's happening <laughs> and then you get to the boss right. and you're like okay like what are we supposed to do and they're like shut the fuck up just spam attack he's gonna die in two <laughs> seconds 
No, ignore. You just watch yeah. the cutscene and fuck off. We'll finish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, ignore the ads. Like, no, don't engage with what. What? Ignore the giant fire pool he's putting down. Just stand in it. It doesn't matter. It does too damn. Why, why didn't Why didn't you watch the video? Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? I, I haven't gotten that even once. I haven't had anybody like shit on me for not knowing what I'm doing, and I have not been watching the video every time, especially because I'm a DPS, so I don't have to be quite as That's quite good. as concerned. Um, yeah, so I haven't had like very negative uh, community interactions. I'd actually say they've been in general pretty positive. Um, that's that's good. Yeah. The the other the last thing I wanted to say, one thing I like about Final Fantasy XIV is that it's a nice avenue for kind of celebrating Final Fantasy in general. I love knowing that in Stormblood there are Final Fantasy tactics like Ivalis themed raid dungeons, and I get to fight Thunder. I get right. to fight Thunder God Sid and shit. Like I'm really looking forward to that. Um, just as kind of a celebration of you know cool Final Fantasy shit, and you know it sounds like those sure. raids are actually pretty fun. So that kind of thing I'm excited about, and I, I think that this is a good avenue for that. They they had a Final Fantasy 15 event, which I don't give a shit about, but you could get the flying car from that from that <laughs> game as a mount, and it's on its face. I was like, oh, that's dumb. But then <laughs> I was I was doing story shit, and one of my buddy's friends happened to be in the same area of the world as me and he pulled up in this car and he's a little lolafell or a taru taru if you played final fantasy 11 and he just messaged me beep beep and i turn around and see that there's this car there and he's like get in he's like get in bitch and i'm like what do you mean he's like oh it's a four-seater so you can like actually take people around in this mount and then he said uh he showed me how to like place a location marker on my map and he said yeah just tell me where you need to go i'll take you to your next uh your next destination and he just flew me around and yeah it was, it was, that was a fun little moment so anyways yeah nice. moments like that 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 this game can facilitate or, or you know what's kind of keeping me around right now um it seems like the group is is adding a lot definitely like if they weren't there i know i wouldn't be getting as much out of this um and, and they're on like most every night so i almost always have somebody who can you know lend a hand if need be and yeah so that aspect has definitely helped i I know if i was playing solo this would be a very different experience it's it's one of those things too and i think mmos just do this by their nature the more you learn about it the like they're pretty mystifying and overwhelming to begin with and then the more you learn about it you, you become this like bastion of specialized knowledge for this one particular game you've sunk dozens of hours into and so you're like, well, I have to keep putting that knowledge to use. I have to. Like, I put all this time, and I become like like FF11 was this to to the max. Like, you know, you, you spend oh, hours and hours and hours fucking just reading shit on the on the wiki to learn about the systems of the game and like where things are. And eventually, you just become this fucking fount of knowledge. And you're like, well, I can't just not use this. That'd be such a waste. My time. This is my yes, job. My job now. Exactly. Yeah. So I think MMOs have a unique way of making you feel like, oh, well, I mean, you spent all this time getting to know us. I mean, you might as well stick around. So, yeah. Anyhow, all that said, I'm enjoying myself. I'm gonna see, you know, if the if the joy keeps keeps on keeping on and how far I end up getting. Uh, I think some of the Endwalker reception will probably factor in a bit there I, I have a feeling it'll be good but you know who knows if it's like oh my god it's absolute shit and if the stats squish just totally fucks everything up who knows the game might be in early access tomorrow and be absolutely hated by everyone um who knows that'd be pretty funny <laughs> i'm very curious what the stat squish will do um like see, seeing the ridiculous hp totals and stuff i think that's been a long time coming um 
Yeah, very, very curious if that will make older content more valid, but will it piss off the experienced players who now have to take a lot more time going through old yeah. shit? The, the thing is, I feel like, and obviously I'm not at Endgame, so I, I guess I can't really speak to this. Like, if you're doing your duty roulettes, for example, um, the leveling one can suck because you might get stuck with an old, old dungeon. But there are lots of other roulettes that you can do. There's one that only is level 50, 60, or 70 dungeons, um, which right. a lot of them are actually pretty cool. And, and again, if they do a stat squish and force you to engage with those mechanics, I imagine those would be a bit more fun. I don't, I don't, I mean, at least for me, <coughs> excuse me, always progressing through the story, like there's, there's so much for me to do still, right? And I'm always unlocking new dungeons and I'm always seeing new content. I never really have to go back and do a leveling roulette right now. Well, if the, if the end game currency system is the same, you're encouraged to do it because you can only get right. like the, the new currency, currency reward of that. once per yeah, day. Yeah, that makes sense. So you end up doing them all anyway because they all have a currency. They all have currency tied to it, so that experienced players will actually play the yeah, old yeah content, so that they right? can bring the the old players up to up through the game. Yeah, yeah. If that hasn't changed, I imagine uh, if the stat squish slows things down a lot. Now, personally, I think that'd be healthy for the game, but I'm also I haven't played it since Heavensward, so um, you know maybe I'm talking out of my ass here. I'm very very curious what experienced people will think of it if the stat squish actually has quite an impact. Yeah, on it. yeah. We'll see. I guess I mean I'll, I'll give you guys an update in a couple of weeks and see what uh, what the consensus seems to be about it. But I, I'm pretty optimistic about it. Like the fact they're willing to do it is is cool to me. Um, it tells me, like, mm-hmm. it tells me at least that they're aware of some of the issues that plagued their their early game stuff, right? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe this is happening because more of the player base uh, feels the way we we do when we're talking. Yeah, about this, yeah, exactly. Right? And I mean, they've had a huge influx of new players in the last year, right? So, I mean, it might just be something that's really coming out now because they have so many new players, which is good. Like, that's good, good for sure. the health of an MMO to have new players, right? And Oh, yeah, definitely. So, we'll see. Fingers crossed. I'm excited to see more of it. I'll let you guys know what my impressions of, like, the story and stuff are. I I, I will say, it's not like... Yeah, it certainly hasn't been groundbreaking. There have been one or two cool moments, and, like, there was one plot point that I thought, oh, that was written pretty well and executed pretty well. In general, it's not, like, you know, anything amazing yet. So, I'm hoping that my my socks will be blown off. What? Blow blow your socks? Yeah, that's a saying, right? Blow your socks off? Yep. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping my socks will be in one moment on my feet and the next moment blown off of my feet onto the ground um, by some of the story later on. So, yeah. <laughs> F14, that's my new new latest hotness addiction. So, uh, Otherwise, we've still been playing Animal Crossing. Um, my girlfriend's been doing more of that than I have. She's kind of usually the one that's doing our daily chores and then interacting with the new content uh with like the, the home designing stuff and, and getting the the reward for that it's been fun i i mean it's it's just such a fucking chill game and it's it's yeah I, i'm finding the goals that you set for yourself they're pretty pretty satisfying so like filling out the museum you know trying to get the fossils every day trying to get a new fish or something every day that kind of thing um building up our, our village to the point where kk slider will come and have a concert there finally so that we can unlock, oh, nice. so we can unlock Cap'n, who's one of the new, new content guys who will take us to special new islands where we can find gyroids and stuff like that. So lots to work towards there. Again, I just wish that a lot of this content had been there in the first place, because the game just didn't quite have the staying power of its predecessors, um, and it totally would have if all of this had been present from the get-go. Um, 
Right. There's a couple things in this game I just need to quickly bitch about that are completely unforgivable. You cannot craft things from your storage. So you have to take stuff from your storage into your inventory to craft, which is an absolutely bonkers decision considering how much shit is in this game and how many items you have in your storage at any one time. It's fucking mind-blowing that this... Yeah, it, it's just tedious to the max. I can I can picture the clock. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> awful. And you cannot bulk craft anything. So if I want to make fish food, which is how Oof. how you are going to do... And if you're at all serious about finishing out your like collections and, and museum, if you want to catch all the fish for the month or the season, whatever, you're going to be making fish food, you make them one at a fucking time. And yeah, like those two things, Brutal. those two things alone are almost enough to make me like say this game isn't worth anyone's time <laughs> because they're so egregious. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I'll, yeah, if they updated that, I would say this is like a fucking nine out of ten game, but it's a seven out of ten because of them. Um, and then we uh, we've been playing. So I, I say we because these are both games that my girlfriend and I have kind of been playing together. Uh, we got the new Pokemon. I wasn't. I really wasn't sure if I was gonna do it. I managed to get my hands on Pokemon uh, uh, Platinum, the kind of like special version of the of the Diamond and Pearl generation, Generation Four, on on the DS. So I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll just play it on there, and we can kind of you know trade off. But the idea of a of a TV Pokemon game that we can both play on the couch was was too attractive, and goddamn it, I like to spend money. So we we got it. <laughs> I wasn't really positive on the visuals when I first saw this game announced, but they've grown on me. I find that chibi style, actually seeing it in action, looks pretty pretty charming. Um, it, it's as far as a remake goes, like it's bare bones as it gets. So they really didn't change or improve much of anything, uh, which is fine for me because I really haven't played this generation of Pokemon games much at all. So it's all like new to me. Um, but as a long-time player, like, I don't really see the big incentive to get this game because there's so little they've done to improve it. They also make weird decisions, like, they give you the EXP share so that all of your Pokemon get experience from battles, even if they don't participate. Um, but they force you to keep it on. So, like, long-time players and fans of the game who like the slower pace of the older games are just pissed off because they don't have a choice of slowing it down, right? Um... Yeah, they they want to be. I'm I'm the same way. I like in an RPG when if I didn't use a party member, I have to grow them myself. I do enjoy that, and I, I you know I get to battle more, which is fun. But yeah, I can I can see that being very. Annoying. It's just I just don't understand the instinct here. It's one of those weird decisions where you're just taking the choice away from your player. It would not have changed anything to just make it a toggleable option: exp share on or off. Mm -hmm. That's all you had to do. But there's just right. this weird stubbornness of like, no, fuck you. This is how you're playing our game, motherfucker. Even though this was not in the original game. So this is a change we decided to make. I, I just, I don't understand the, the instincts there. But anyways, as, as, as a whole, I'm really enjoying this, this older style Pokemon that doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles. Um, yeah, we're not super far, but I've been having some, some poke fun. So I'm going to hopefully continue when Final Fantasy XIV isn't eating my life away. Poke a fun. fun. Hey, don't poke a fun at me because I'm enjoying the new Pokemon. Okay, <laughs> we should probably end the podcast. Um, let's talk a little bit about news. Oh, we got to do the news thing. You ready? Okay, here we go. You count okay, us down. Three, two, one. News. News. 
It has to be longer. It has oh, to be longer than that. Because yeah, the, the news theme. You went so much longer. The news theme is like five to ten seconds. So let's try it again. Three, you count us down. <laughs> count us down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. No! Good. That's oh that's God. enough. That's very good. Well done. That's our best one yet. Um, <laughs> and all that for basically no news, also, which is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're also I love that because we're a every two weeks or sometimes in this case three, uh, we're like reacting to news from three weeks ago. Uh, so I, we also have plenty of time to gather news, but we oh yeah, totally. <laughs> so much time to gather and curate and just get this awesome list of news. But I'm just like, now nah, I'll grab a couple headlines that, that interest me, and we'll go from there. <laughs> Um, exactly. You know what? Uh, frankly, if you get your news about video games from this podcast, you're doing something wrong. So, I, if you should be here just to get our reactions to some news. So, um, there you go. I only grabbed a couple things. One was that the Halo Infinite multiplayer launched early. This was like two weeks ago now, um, and it's been getting a ton of positivity. Lots of people having a great time with some new Halo multiplayer. Um, a friend of mine has been playing it pretty obsessively, and he said that. <laughs> And I quote, it's the most fun I've had since I was a teenager. Um, I think he, I think he just means in general. He lives kind of a sad life, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, he said it's really good. It's really capturing his memories of those like older you know, nights spent as a teenager playing you know, competitive multiplayer Halo. So fingers crossed that when Sweet. the campaign launches in a week or two, it can live up to expectations and isn't as as you know, widely panned as the as the stories for five and, and so on and so forth. So yeah, it'd be cool if, if Halo was back. They're they're fun games. You know, some of them anyways. I, I have a lot of memories of Halo Three. You played a fair bit with our uncles in SA. Oh yeah, every game night with them was yeah, Halo. Yeah. That that would have been. And we did that online Halo thing for. Did a while. you um, did you ever play like regularly on your own when you weren't hanging out with us like that? Uh. Only only the first Halo, because I, I owned an Xbox, okay. and that was the first game I got for it. But, uh, yeah, like, hey, I was never super heavy into Halo. Um, and we played it every game night, so I got pretty tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's all we ever played. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's like the it's like us with, like, Smash Bros. or an, an RPG. Our uncles had, like, encyclopedic knowledge yes, of this. Yes, they sure did. So so you you stood like no yeah. chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Halo, uh, Halo One and Halo Three were both games that David and I also played a lot together. We would just co-op through the, the story modes together a ton. So I've got lots of yeah, oh, lots nice. of positive memories with with the series as a whole. Although I haven't really interacted or engaged with it much in the last probably like five years or longer. So yeah, anyways, it'd be cool if it'd be cool right. if the new one was good. I'll I'll probably give it a shot over the holidays when I visit my friend at some point. So I'll keep you guys posted. Um. Shin Megami Tensei Five came out uh, like almost a month ago now, and it's been getting pretty positively reviewed. It, it's the SMT games are a lot less forgiving and, and usually pretty balls to the wall as far as like punishment when you make a mistake. So it's been nice to see kind of a, a an older, more traditional style turn-based RPG be received as well as it has. I have, I have no idea what kind of impact it's going to make in the West because the the SMT games. Uh, they, these are kind of like the original games that then spawned the Persona series. Typically, aren't nearly as popular here. So yeah, I'll be curious to see how it ends up actually doing sales-wise. But uh, I'm tempted to get into this one at some point. I know you're not a big fan of the whole recruitment mechanic for the demons, and I'm also not really either. Um, 
They have done a lot of stuff with the fusion system, though, to make it a lot more engaging by the sounds of it, and you have a lot more control over like individual stats and stuff like that. Um, yeah, okay. so I don't know. I, I'm considering it. I quite like the. It, I like it visually. I really like their main character design. I love the whole laser sword coming out of his wrist. That uh, vibes with me. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked the design quite a bit. It reminded me of that orphan. Anime oh yeah, it, where he had that magic sword. It reminded me of. Um, it reminded me of Giver. Do you remember the Giver anime? Oh fuck right? yeah! Right, <laughs> so so he's in like that weird bio suit thing. Uh, just because he right. like binds with a god in Shin Megami Tensei Five, it reminded me of a similar thing. Oh. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought the gra- I think graphically it looked really nice. I- I'm definitely still like mega tend out, so I'm not gonna touch that for yeah. a while. Yeah, I mean, be curious to. Hear I haven't I haven't bought it for myself, and it's been a month. So that's I usually if I want a game, I, I don't often last a whole month if I can, you know if it's in the budget. So. Um, I did get gifted. Uh, I got gifted Metroid Dread for my birthday, John. Um, so Ooh, I'm gonna okay. give that a shot, probably over the holidays. I will let you know my thoughts. Definitely want to hear. Yeah, I'll yeah, let you know sure. at some point. I'm excited to give it a shot. Um, yeah, actually, shit. Maybe do I start that today? No, man. I'm having. I mean, they're not. They're not super long games. Like if you put an hour or two in every other day, like. It's Metroid. Like usually, they're like eight hours. Yeah, well, when I when I last played, so when I played Metroid on the 3DS, when they did the Samus Returns, these the same studio. I, I I enjoyed kind of spending a couple of longer play sessions going through it, as opposed to breaking it up into shorter one-hour play sessions. That's generally just how I, I like okay. to play games. I, I like to actually have a couple of hours to sit down and really like sink my teeth into them. Um, sure. I, I I don't know. It's weird because obviously it's such a huge hobby of mine, and maybe you feel the same way, maybe not, but. I find if I'm only devoting short play sessions to something, I'm much more likely to bounce off of it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, if, I, if I'm if I'm if I'm doing that, it's usually because I'm already right. Yes, off. okay, maybe maybe that's a better way to put it. If I'm doing that, it's it's not. like that hour <laughs> is me trying again to get yes, back into yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's actually probably <laughs> a better way to put what's going on. Yeah, well said. So, anyways, yeah, I'll see if I'll probably see if I can kind of just devote a you know a couple. Christmas days to just plow through it and see how it goes. Um, You're gonna be like, "This isn't a black mage." Yeah, I'm really gonna be like, I'm actually not gonna touch it. I'm not gonna take it out of the packaging. I'm just gonna be playing Final Fantasy 14 the whole time. <laughs> what Fire Four looks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and anything, anything you're looking forward to? Oh, we'll talk one more thing. We're gonna talk about Elden Ring for a second in one second. But is there anything aside from Elden Ring that you're looking forward to, John? Uh, just stuff I want to play on PS5. Um, I haven't really kept up with indie stuff coming out. I would love to to find more games like that awesome three-character platform where we played uh, for the life of me. I can't recall um, the name uh, right now. Astal- Astalon Tears of the Earth. We talked about that on our uh, first podcast. Astalon, that's it, yes. I, you know, And I just randomly grabbed that on like the Switch eShop because it just thought the screenshots looked nice and it turned out to be like dude that that those the fact that games that are that good are just hanging around in the ether and nobody knows about them that like keeps me that keeps me up at night man that's like scary (laughs) what i i hope they did well in sales like better than i think they they i I hate to say it but i don't think they did because they liked one of my tweets about their game and if they're looking at our tweets they they ain't doing well buddy Yeah, that game was fucking amazing. Um, yeah, so I, I haven't like found the next thing like that. I haven't really been looking. Um, 
But my main thing is I'd like to get a PS5 at some point for Elden Ring, and I'm excited to revisit Demon's Souls and play Returnal. And yeah, yeah. Stuff. Um, one second. You guys are gonna hear me type. I'm sorry. Indie card game. Oh my god, what is that? Uh, oh, have you heard of the game Inscription? I have. I was watching. Um, I can't remember the company behind it, but I remember seeing some dev info on that before it launched, and it looked pretty. Yeah, <laughs> it's been getting a ton of positive uh, press. Lots of praise for that game, saying it's really, really good. So maybe, and it, it's yeah. I follow some horror game playing uh, YouTubers, and they all have videos on it. So it seems like it's yeah. So well. I mean, yeah, you're a big horror game guy. I feel like that's something you should maybe look into playing. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I've been considering a little bit of an indie game dive again. Uh, FF4, this is hard, right? As soon as you get into an MMO, it like sucks up all your game time. <laughs> well, just just make a list of the interesting looking ones to to visit after your yeah. But by then, by then, Elden end. Ring will be out, and it won't matter anymore. So, <laughs> um, so I am I can't wait to, for Elden Ring to launch, and you're like, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> dude. As much as I'm enjoying myself, like I, I I would even if I was having a great time, I think I'd be more likely than not to literally pause my subscription of final fantasy 14 to play elden ring than to then to even have it going like i just don't think i'm I, elden ring i think is going to be way too front of mind i'm not going to be passing up on that um there was a bunch new a bunch of new gameplay footage that came out for the game a tons of people got their like uh network tests in some people had some hands-on that was like not like separate from the network test yet uh like youtubers and stuff okay. like that got to play the game for a bit longer yet than some of the network testers um, so, so Iron Pineapple, who's a great you know Souls YouTuber, I really enjoy his stuff. Um, anyways, lots of videos on it. I think Va- Vati had a, had a yes, yeah, yeah. Vati has his his yeah. Vati's another uh, Vati video is another great uh, Souls lore guy, especially. But um, I don't know. Personally, I think the game looks really fantastic. Everybody keeps talking about how the open world just feels a lot more alive than the vast majority of open world games out there right now. Um, they they keep Sweet. making claims about them like reinventing the open world genre and maybe that's a bit heavy handed, uh, but at the very least people are positive on just how fun it is to actually explore this world, and you know if they can capture the best moments of Breath of the Wild, where you know you organically come upon this cool new space, you explore it, there's like an interesting encounter, and then you get a reward that's not a piece of shit at the end of it. If they can repeat that. Hey. And combat actually. Yes, matters. and combat will actually be good. <laughs> True enough. Yeah, like even just in engaging with the the encounter, there will be more fun in in, in uh, Elden Ring than in Zelda. Yeah, if they can do that, even on a semi regular basis, because on top of that, they have their legacy dungeons too, right? So like the videos I was watching were saying, you know, I was playing through the open world and having a lot of fun, but I was kind of feeling like I was missing that typical Souls level design. And then they're like, oh, but then I got to Stormvale Castle and it was all right there, like everything everything's here they're they're not missing anything they didn't sacrifice they didn't sacrifice the awesome moments and levels of the the soul series for the open world they just did it both and they did both of them very well um that sounds fucking the sheer amount of like skills the fact that you can customize so many skills like for you can attach different skills to different weapons now they're not always intimately linked i love that from a I can do another mace Dude, build. Dude, from, from a build perspective, it's huge. Like the the flexibility you're gonna have for setting up a build now is gonna be insane. Um, yeah, I'm just so fucking excited. Oh, another awesome little tidbit is based on the network test, anyways, and I'm sure they'll carry this over. But 
people playing together in the open world, there were no areas that were gated off. They weren't stopped from doing anything together. They were even able to go into Stormvale Castle, like the, the, the dungeon from the open world, without there being like a fog gate to kind of block the progress. So it seems like it's That's a totally huge. continuous fucking multiplayer experience, which is going to be... F- Dude, we're going to lose so much time. And I cannot oh, man, it's gonna wait. <laughs> we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do an in-person side-by-side play session at some point too. I think that'd be a lot of fun. For sure. Yeah. So cannot wait for that game. That's February twenty-fifth, I believe. So end of February. Um, so we're getting there. But oh, god damn it! Final Fantasy fifteen. Hopefully, we'll fourteen. God. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what? That's it. Podcast <laughs> over. I just said Final Fantasy. I did have. I had one question. For okay. You, yeah. So good. <laughs> uh, do you think? Do you imagine uh, Kate's going to join you playing fourteen? Uh, uh, no. Oh no. No. Not. Not at all. She's not. I, I've tried. Uh, you know. You know how long. I mean, I kind of do it jokingly. <laughs> I'll always be like, uh, "Oh, uh, hey, hun. When are you gonna? When are you gonna make that account?" Or I'll be like, "Oh, honey, I, I you must be having problems making your account because I still don't see you in game here." And then she just like punches nice. me in the nose <laughs> and then tells me to shut the fuck up. Anyways, so no, she she definitely just has no interest in in joining me. Why do you ask? Oh, just out of curiosity. No. I thought uh, fourteen being more accessible than eleven might. I know, oh, I know. I I thought maybe too. I mean, she she definitely plays games. She's not nearly as much as like a capital G gamer as I am. It was always a hobby for her growing up, but but it, you know, we built our fucking like personalities around this shit like like idiots. Uh, <laughs> and she did not do that. So no, I I don't think she will. If she did, we'd be in real trouble because. Oh man, yeah. Then that would be all we would do. When 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 she and I like because if there's a game that we're both playing and like really sinking our teeth into, like everything else just falls by the wayside, right? At least if she's not playing it, I always kind of have a reason to take a break. If you know what I mean, like <laughs> I, 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 uh, yeah, the, I the guilt will creep in. I'm like, oh, I should probably you know spend some time with my loved ones, that kind of thing. Whereas when we were both playing Terraria uh, last year in the pandemic, and we were getting really into it again. We lost like four days, almost back to back, of just like full time Terraria playing. So yeah, which was a lot of fun, but uh, it does. You need to you need to get that tandem chocobo and be like, <laughs> oh man, empty dude, you're right. You. I need to appeal to the things that she enjoys. You can buy property in that game and you can decorate it. So I could be like, hun, just stop putting put Animal Crossing down. I've got some new home design for She's you so- too. She gets all the fashion glamour stuff. She gets tandem mounts, and she gets to decorate a house. Yeah, cow. and then uh, and then and then she'll have to do one dungeon, and she'll be like, "Fuck this game! I don't want to do this. I have to do that. I want to fucking do this." Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, that's about all I've got for today. Uh, just a lot of waxing poetic about our games we've been playing. Um, anything else you want to say before I kick you off the pod? That's it for this episode, I think. Uh, hopefully the next one is back on the regular schedule. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping so. It'll probably be, um, I haven't mentioned this to you yet, but it'll probably be Tuesday evening, or sorry, Tuesday afternoons now that I have for the, the pod. So hopefully we'll start doing kind of a regular every other Tuesday um, upload. Sweet. Cool. All right. Well, thanks very much for listening, everyone, and we'll holler at you hopefully in a couple weeks. All right. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Branching Path Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Branch Path Pod or just search Branching Path Podcast. 
check out our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash branching path podcast you can find the podcast on apple podcasts on spotify and on our rss website which is rss.com slash branching path podcast thanks again for listening take care